How does a free multi-camera home security system sound to you? I got your attention now. Check out First Guardian Security Services. My friend Jerry Forrest is the regional manager there. He can be reached directly by text or phone call at 769-823-0034. He's going to get you set up with a brand new free multi-camera home security system for new customers only. That's going to include a video doorbell camera, an outside camera, window, door sensors, and a motion sensor. Free installation. There is a one-time activation fee. He'll go over all that with you. You're also going to get a lifetime warranty on the whole system, and you're going to be able to save up to 20% on your homeowner's insurance, depending upon who your homeowner is. Check them out online, myfirstguardian.com, or just call or text Jerry directly, 769-823-0034. That's Jerry Forrest with First Guardian Security Services. Monitoring services provided by Vector Security. Boom goes the dynamite. Welcome in to a finally Friday edition, a free-for-all Friday edition of the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. Even for you non-drinkers, you're getting a shot of it today. It's a shot of reality radio. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I'm, of course, Clay Edwards. We're live here on 103.9 FM WYAB, the mothership. Streaming worldwide at WYAB.com, as well as the TuneIn app and Alexa. Just search WYAB. Joined here in the studio by my favorite fondren, purple-haired barista, and yours, Sean Yurkron. Good morning, brother. Good morning, good morning. How are you? Man, doing good, doing good, man. actually went to bed at a reasonable hour last night, so. All right, so I got my new uh, FAFO shirts in. I've been out slinging shirts, like Master P slinging a... Early No Limit tapes out the trunk of his car. Saw that. Um, And my buddy Michael did them for me. Uh, shout out to Michael over at Shirt Shop Graphics in Byram, a longtime friend. He he uh, he did these shirts for me. And Sean, he, he made a special one for you. Oh, yeah? He did. He said, man, he said, this is for Sean. He's like, this one's on the house. <laughs> okay. Um, he said, but you got to give it to him on radio. Uh-huh. So here we go. Talk or something. Okay, yeah, I'm waiting for you to pull it out. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. Oh, it's a purple one. That is awesome. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. That's, that's great. It's the Barney edition. That's the now that I'm in Fondren, actually, or you know, my office is. It's a uh, that's really fitting. And oh, I got my Kim Wade socks. Have you seen those? Right? <laughs> yeah, I have. You I know, have. I got a I got a pair of Kim Wade 2025 Mayor socks that 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 I wore with my red shoes the other day just for him. And look, that ain't no middle of the mall type shirt either. That's a good quality. Yeah, you know, I know I could see it really soft athletic. Like it's it's it's, it's as close got, to like a homage shirt as you can get. And you know, I'm like uh I'm such a I'm so uh what do you call it like a shirt snob. Yeah. I always look at it. It's right here it says next level. Those are those are the good ones. Yeah, it's a good shirt. Those are the ones that because you know like you know how, like shirts have changed over the last decade. I'm not putting nothing with my name on it on a, on a classic tee. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like I can't I look when I I'll buy sometimes I'll buy stuff off shirts off just off of Amazon and I'm always always Google next level to make sure it's like a tri blend material. Like since instead of that old like Jilden hundred percent cotton, it feels like a board when you put it on. You can dry those shirts. Yeah, you can dry them too. And, uh, I mean, they ain't gonna shrink up none on you. Mm-hmm. It just feels. I don't know when did they make that switch into this. It's like seems like the last ten years. Were, it's great. I'm glad they have. But you can do it both. I mean, Michael was explaining to me. I got into an in depth conversation about t shirt buying habits and mm-hmm. stuff. 
He's like, man, there, there's some guys that will only buy the kind of, I call it like a boxy. Bo- right. Hard, as thick as possible. Yeah, it feels like it's been like starched Big or something. ring on the collar. Yeah. And uh, it's just different, you know, different cultures, different people like their different stuff. You know, like, you know, there's a, like black guys kind of like what he said, kind of a um, the bigger ring around the collar, a thicker shirt. Like to me, like to some people, thicker means better. Mm-hmm. And like, teach their own. I mean, I've had a ton of those shirts. I'm not sitting, sitting here to get into an argument about people's uh, shirt buying hat, but shirt buying habits. But yeah, I really like this. And I used to not, man, when I was fatter, I, an athletic fit shirt, yeah, soft, you know, that. <laughs> They kind of hug the corners. I didn't like it as much. Sure. Now, now that I've gotten in better shape, I want in guns a little bigger. You know, I love these shirts. Everything fit, everything's better when you're in better shape. That's just the way it is. It's yeah. just because I mean, you know, when you're when you're heavier, you're always like, I can't wait for the winter. It's like I'm wearing a jacket all the time or some kind of sweater. It's fat boy weather. Yeah, fat boy weather. Because when it's the summer, you're like, oh no, man, when you're overweight, it's just horrible, and you're hotter and. And, uh, yeah, you just, you can't wear the same kind of clothes. But when you lose a bunch of weight, I don't know, if it, whenever I, whenever I go yo, I go and, uh, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to go buy some clothes because I've, you know, lost 20 pounds. Then I'll gain it back, of course. And I'm like, I can't wear that. But well, we just sold it. We just sold a shirt. Did uh, you? Yep. Uh, Renee bought one. So I'm going to, uh, I guess give that to you before you leave. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it to him. Uh, but, we'll, uh, we'll, go, we'll get it figured out. I've just always noticed this trend of the, sh- the shirts. Like, is it, all you could used to ever get was 100% cotton shirts yep. forever. I don't remember them selling this in the mid 2000s or anything. Me these kind of blend and they came out and, and I noticed it from actually from doing CrossFit, like the first CrossFits I'd go to, they had the next level shirts and that was like the first time I'd ever seen them. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool that they're making these things. So I'm glad that's becoming like the standard. It seems like lately for shirt making. Yeah. When I worked at Watkins auto sales and I've grew up with Michael, I've known him for 25, mm-hmm. maybe 30 years. And, uh, but when I was working at Watkins, we got him to do our, a batch of shirts there. Mm-hmm. And this is what he used and do that was let's just say th- four years ago, mm-hmm. I still have about 10 of those shirts and it's what I work out in every day. It's what I do. Whatever kind of hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my shirt that I don't care if it gets dirty or whatever. I have not, you're not able to, to destroy these shirts. No, you can't. I mean, I, I work out in, I only work out in tri-blend shirts. I can't, I can't work. I can't imagine working out in a cotton shirt. No. Like it just, especially like in the summer when it's really, really hot. And, and I, you know, when you're working out, these are great because you can move a lot easier. At least that's why I feel when I'm wearing them. So. Like a uh, sh- shout out to uh, to Christy uh, with the Mississippi Carters Association. I hope I'm saying the name right. I was getting the carding stuff mixed up. But shout out to Christy. She said text in, so she's going to be wearing her shirt to the to the track. Guys, if y'all want a shirt, we're going to get into the fun stuff. Uh, if y'all want a shirt, holler at me. Uh, it's F A F O on the front of it. With, since it says Clade, we're showing small letters. It looks like the GI Joe logo. Made a limited number of these. Uh, Got a, got plenty of extra large. Some of the other sizes are starting to uh, starting to dis- disappear. But if you're if you're interested in one, the thirty bucks, just reach out to me on the Guns and Gear text line, Facebook. However, you know how to get in touch with me, uh, and we will get you a shirt. Seven six nine two four one nineteen forty four is the Guns and Gear text line. I just got an update on WLBT. Not to interrupt you, but so the man has died in an overnight car fire outside the Standard Life Building. Yes, I, uh, was he dead before the fire was started? It says a single vehicle wreck happened around 12.09 a.m. Friday in downtown Jackson, the corner of Pearl and Roach Streets. WTL is working out to find the identity of the victim and how the crash happened. So I don't know if the crash caused the fire. I'm assuming that's what happened. But yeah, um, I, I don't know that it's uh, somebody came in there. And others, uh, what's it called? And um, yeah, so I don't, I, I don't think it's a, it doesn't look like it's a 
you know, intentional homicide or anything. All right. Uh, let me, I need to go to an intentional homicide real quick. Sure. I want to get this out of the way. This computer. Somebody re, somebody updated the computer. The, oh, no. You know, and, Was it Kim? No, I don't know. <laughs> Not Kim does it over here. And it may be an auto update. So what it did, though, is it, it erased all of my, you know, I can just, I had, I had to type the whole website out in the browser now instead of mm-hmm. being able to just go to my history. They got rid of all, yeah. But look, the, uh, we had a law enforcement officer in the state of Mississippi get killed in the line of duty I last night. I saw that light, late last night. Uh, um, Malone, I think was his name. Yeah. Here's a story real quick from darkhorsepressnow.com. Uh, it says a George County deputy was killed in the line of duty Thursday night after he stopped a suspect who shot him. A release from the George County Sheriff's Department says Deputy Jeremy Malone was conducting a traffic stop near the intersection of Highway 98 and Brushy Creek Road. The suspect fled to Perry County, where he was fatally shot by law enforcement after a vehicular pursuit. What he did there was uh, just absolute definition, effed around and found out. Mm-hmm. I mean, effed around and found out. And I'm not trying to make it funny about it because somebody uh, because a deputy died. I'm just making a point. Uh, he said, and then here's what I thought was kind of crazy about this. This is the first major critical incident for both George County Sheriff Mitchin, Mitchell Mixon and Perry County Sheriff Jacob, Jacob Lamar Gardner. Sean, they were both just sworn in two days ago. Really? As first-term sheriffs? Yep. Wow. Yep. And it's uh, got a quote here. It just says, we asked that you keep Deputy Malone's family as well as the George County Sheriff's Office and community in your thoughts and prayers. Sheriff Malone wrote... I think she I think she may have made a typo there. I'm guessing she meant Sheriff Mixon wrote in a statement. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigations will be lead on the case as routine with line of duty shootings. So just prayers up. He got whatever led to their initial interaction happened at a Dollar General parking lot. Oh. You know, I we Dollar Generals it just seems to be a trend. Yeah. For some reason like a Jasco. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, yeah. Um. So prayers to them, man. It's always terrible to lose an officer. I mean, that's why. That's why I give cops a lot of leeway. Yeah, you know, a lot of rope because there ain't no just another day at the office. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's a dangerous job. They put their lives on the line every day. So you know, for, anything can happen. Working overtime hours for bull crap pay, and even know. the stuff that doesn't result in a, a death. <clears throat> you know, it's um, they um, they have to they go they go to domestic violence incidents all the time. They get you know they get attacked. They have there's just stuff they deal with every day that we don't deal with. That's just very difficult. I just having to see the stuff they see. Yeah, just all the time. I mean, every day your whole day is just like misery. I mean, not misery for all. You know what I'm saying? But they see all the bad things in life. They see every day. Yeah, you know, which is just takes its toll on you. You know, then we expect them to go home and just flip a switch and be mm-hmm. happy go lucky after seeing the worst of the worst all day. You know, d- dead people in car wrecks, and when they, mm-hmm. not even crime stuff, but you know, people that get killed in car wrecks. I mean, they're, they're called first responders for a reason because they're usually the first on the scene, them yeah. and or apparently medics. You know, yeah, it's got to affect your family life. You got kids, like you know, people are always like, don't let, don't cross the street. Like if you're a cop, you're like, don't cross the street ever. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you're always thinking worst case scenario. worst case scenario is going to happen. Right? It's going to be that's, hard. That's a good point. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break real quick. Come back. We just kind of hit the reset button. We've got a bunch of topics we want to get into today. We're going to do our predictions for 2024. Sean and I are going to be on the radio for four hours today. So you either love us or hate us. 
Uh, you're getting a lot of us. We're going to be doing my show till nine. There'll be a, uh, Jim Thorne will have his show from nine to 10. And then Sean and I will be filling in for Jameson today on the Jameson Hey Good show. And we will try to keep, we will try to stay in the spirit of Jameson's show while we're doing that a little bit. Uh, hit some national topics and stuff of that nature. Maybe dive into the Epstein stuff on his show. We'll, we'll figure all that out. We're going to play it by ear. And hey, we may not do any of that. Well, we may just uh, pick up wherever this conversation leaves off. So, yeah, uh, I know. I might have to text him to get some topic ideas. <laughs> you know, like, go, what, go to, what are a globalist, James Davidson? Please explain it to me. Go to Infowars.com. <laughs> yeah, just take it from there. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with Sean York Caron on The Clay Edwards Show. Welcome back in to the soothing sounds of the Clay Edwards Show here on WYAB on a fri- on a finally Friday, the free range human show of choice. Hey guys, tonight may I recommend getting down to Burgers Blues Barbecue downtown? Well, not just tonight, all day. Uh, well, not Burgers Blues Barbecue downtown, though they do have a downtown location in downtown Brandon. Anyway, Burgers, Blues, Barbecue, got three locations for you. Madison, Flowood, brand new location of Flowood, absolutely gorgeous facility, and downtown Brandon. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., I didn't even know they opened at 10, sure that ain't right, Bo's Burger Challenge thing he's going to do. Oh yeah, I saw that. It says 10 a.m., but I don't think they open till 11. Really? Hmm. No, they serve breakfast there, so okay. So they may open at ten. What's it's, the? Bur- I saw him post a big burger. They're doing a burger. Yeah. Challenge. So if y'all want to see something fun, uh, you all you see these man versus food ch- shows and all that. They have a super stacked. There's a no way a human can eat all this burger deal mm-hmm. and fries. And I guess if you eat it, it's free. If not, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Or maybe you maybe you got to pay for it no matter what, and you get a prize or something. I'm not sure on the specifics. That's really irrelevant to this. I just want to see if they can eat all of it. It's Bo. It's a girl named Christy, and I think uh, Trevel Travel Dixon, the yeah, sure, the, uh, reservoir reservoir patrol police chief, reservoir yeah. police chief. Yeah, they're, they're I guess they're doing like a challenge, mm. and that would be fun to go watch. So I think I'm planning on being there uh, just just kind of get some footage of that. I may go live on the uh, Save Jackson Facebook or TikTok or. Something. I'm going to make fun of Bo for a minute. So he's going to eat this. He's saying he's going to eat this whole burger. Yeah. Well, we were out in um, Amarillo, Texas about a year and a half ago. And there's this, have you heard the restaurant, the Big Texan Steak Ranch? Yeah. The, is it the, the the steak or the country fried steak? The steak. Okay. And I've been going there for years, even because we always drive out to Colorado and um, since like the 90s. And they have this, they announced this thing all over Texas, like the 72 ounce steak. And if yeah. you eat it in under an hour with like the potato and the salad and I think like a shrimp cocktail, it's free. And I try to t- I try to tell Bo like we got there I was like come on bro you're gonna do this right right and yeah he didn't do it just just so we'll, we'll see he wasn't able to do it so or he didn't try to do it so man we'll see maybe he'll be able to do this Bo <laughs> man I text him told him I made fun I, of him I, out of the three people I think Bo comes in last yeah I don't think Bo's gonna be able to do it man <laughs> we're challenging him I wanted to see if he could do the seventy two ounce thing I don't know have you ever seen that a uh, seventy two ounce steak yeah I mean it's crazy it, it's just. I, I've got a picture of this thing. I pulled it up on his profile. I'm sh- I'm going to share it to the Big Clay Edwards Show page, facebook.com slash save JXN. And 
I mean, just the, he's going to die from carbs, if nothing else. Yeah, that's right. But uh, let, let's share this real quick. And anyway, more to the story, man. Get out to Burgers Blues Barbecue. Uh, they got breakfast at the Madison and Flowood, um, yeah, Madison and Flowood locations, and they um, obviously blue plate specials at all three locations. Today's blue plate special is fried catfish and hamburger steak with a multitude of sides. So get over there, check them out, and don't forget they got food trucks. They can handle all of your catering needs from five people to five thousand year round. Burgersblues.com. There's always live entertainment on the weekends at one location or another. Check out their website and Facebook pages to follow all that. They actually have three different Facebook pages, for one for each facility. And so they keep them very uh, location-specific up-to-date, so you can always see what's going on at each one without having to wonder. Mm. So uh, anyway, check them out, burgersblues.com. All right, Sean. Um. I'm gonna. We're gonna do the first hour. The last thing I have this hour is gonna be a lot of Jackson. Okay. And then the next hour, I want to get into some national stuff. Let's talk about. We're gonna tie in. We're gonna tie in a 14 year old being killed by a 17 year old to a, a new curfew to brain drain and how it's Jackson's fault that the state of Mississippi is losing all of its young talent. I probably just gave it all away right there. We don't even have to talk about <laughs> nothing else, do we? Like, <laughs> okay, so they arrested a 17-year-old for the first homicide of the year yeah. in Jackson. He murdered a 14-year-old in the front yard. And one of the 17-year-old's cousins got on my Instagram last night and said, said, my mans didn't do nothing, nothing. I said, let me guess. Future rocket scientist and engineer who was on his way home from a study group and just got misidentified? You know, yeah. come, come on. Come right. on, man. Anyway, so this is coming off the heel. This arrest is coming off the heels of yesterday's or two days ago. They kind of happened back to back of the city instituting a curfew. And I, Sean, I don't know if you were listening to the show yesterday, but uh, Scott called in and we got to talk about this curfew. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, man, the people just be, it's going to be hard to enforce. And I'm like, well, it's not necessarily to enforce. It's so you can kind of legally profile. Okay. Right. I yeah. Mean, at the end of the day, it's like I mean, it looks like a young you, kid in the car, pull him yeah, over. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or out on the street corner with a gun. Yeah. You know, because Jackson has open carry laws, you're not supposed to be able to say anything to somebody walking with a gun. Right. You know. But anyways, I just think it gives them an opportunity to talk to folks. But uh, one of the one of the aspects I really like about this thing, and I, I want to give kudos to the, the the council, they put in a truancy clause in this thing. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's also if you're under eighteen. And you haven't graduated from school yet. Mm-hmm. You must be in school till three thirty Monday through Friday. Really? Yep. Okay. And they're going to turn basically kind of convert some of these old schools. At least this is what they're saying. Well, mm. this is Jackson we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't. What have does a Kim Wade say? They'll they'll say a plan, but the implementation's the problem. <laughs> the implementation's the problem. If it's anything past thinking about it and telling people they're going to do it, anything else is kind of a toss up. Yeah. Um, they're going to turn kind of convert the schools into. They're calling them. Uh, curfew facilities. Okay. So I guess they're going to bring the kids back to, and they're going to have social workers there. They love social workers. They're gonna, you know, they, you got to give all these JSU grads something to do. They're going to get all these social workers there. You got a liberal arts degree. You need to. You need something to do, right? Yep. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> like, wait, well, uh, I've got one too. So I mean, I'm done. You know. You know. Uh, they're going to have. They're going to turn them into basically. Holding facilities. It's a fancy way of saying misdemeanor holding facility to an extent. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish they were as excited about building a misdemeanor holding facility as they were um, curfew detention centers. Yeah, I mean, whatever you got to do, I mean, uh, um, the, the, the so they're calling it like it's a truancy clause, is what you said? Yeah, just, there's there's you, a truancy thing in there. Where, did you ever? Do you remember? They're not calling it truancy, but that's what it is. Yeah, okay. I thought, well, I'm glad you used that word because I remember when we were kids, I'm sure your mom probably did the same thing mine did. When if you try to skip school, like they'd be like, the truant officer is going to come get you, you know. And I never, did anybody ever meet this guy? <laughs> I never, I never met this guy. Man. Did he ever I always thought it was just like, once I got older, I was like, I think my mom made this up. You know, me and Scott were talking about it yesterday and we used to always heard it. You know, you used to always hear about it. You know, if you went to, if you were in high school in the 90s, mm-hmm. you heard about truancy. Yeah. But again, he said the same thing. Like, I don't think I've ever actually seen somebody that had a, like their their patrol corps didn't say JPS truancy on the side of it. Scott came up with the idea that it was possibly uh, kind of like a school resource officer type situation. They used whatever a local police department was, okay, and they would just they would go do this in their patrol car. That would maybe be their job. That, okay, I was like I thought we thought it was like the a department. urban legend, you know? Like I didn't think because like we used to skip school and go to North Park. That's what you did in the nineties. Go hang out at the mall. You know, that's one of the few things you could do. And then. Uh, and I never, I never saw this guy, or at least we evaded him, and I never saw him. I so. skipped school at one time. I think they call him a truant officer, not truancy. Truant, I, truant, okay. yeah. yeah. Either way, I've never seen him either. Uh, but I live on the end of a cuddle sack, too, and apparently I say that wrong. Uh, oh, it's a cul-de-sac? Yeah. Cuddle? Um, cul-de-sac. Cuddle? Cul-de-sac. It's a cuddle. It's a cuddle sack. You cuddle sack? <laughs> I do some cuddling in my cuddle sack. Um, <laughs> that makes sense, too. Yeah. Uh, so... I skipped school one time, Sean. I think the number was 48 days in a row. <laughs> in a re- row? In a row. I had to repeat ninth grade. Uh, and I never once stumbled upon a truant officer. <clears throat> Jeez, you're a habitual offender. Uh, I was absolutely a I habitual mean, offender. <laughs> so, wait, 48 or 49 days? I guess it doesn't really matter. Right? It was one split of the two. hairs. Yeah. It was two months of school. What, what did you do for those two months? Man, just hung out, went to Wendy's on, and you know, got some 99 cent double stacks and... Worked on my truck and. Did the school ever call your parents or anything? Or here, here, here's how I got out of that. I got my own phone line, and my parents' house is a like a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. It was three seven two oh six hundred. I remember that when you could do that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So because my right. parents used the phone a lot, and I used the phone a lot yeah. as a fifteen year old, mm-hmm. so nobody could ever be happy on the phone. Sure. Or with the other person's phone time. For the young people, it was one line in the house in those days, and you'd everybody yeah. have to share it. You know. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, and your parents could pick up and listen to your conversation. Oh yeah, uh, exactly. Well, um, so they got me my own phone line, and then I went to go register myself for school, and I just gave them my phone number as the emergency contact, not even realizing the ramifications of what I had done, mm-hmm. or I mean, like I wasn't thinking that far ahead, like a criminal mastermind of any right. kind, and I end up. Giving them that, and so once I decided to start, decided to start skipping, I just took the phone off the hook, and then like we just started skipping. One day turned to two, turned to three, turned to I didn't skip so much, I'm screwed. I might as well keep skipping. Yeah, and I, we had pagers at the time. If y'all listened to the show yesterday, you've already heard this. Uh, uh, I apologize, but um, I, we had pagers at the time, so I was like, man, if that pager ever vibrated before about two fifteen, mm-hmm. anybody else that would be paging me would be in school. And then my mom, my mom wouldn't page me because I should be in school. So I was like, if it ever buzzed, yeah, you know, during school hours, oh no, right. you, you could feel your heart drop into your stomach. <laughs> and then, you know, what like a text message, you didn't know what they wanted. They just put the phone number to call back at them. Sure. 
or or some fancy ways of saying go to hell upside down. It was it was the little tagline that you used to like if you and your friends were like you know my number is four six four at the end or you or you put nine one one or four one four eleven yeah. because we, we, you know the group I'm talking about. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, like you'd put some kind of little tag at yeah. the end of it. Yep, and people figured out how to, you know, that's where, like, 143 men, I love you. Yeah, right, there was all these little, like, yeah. it was like a Morse code kind of thing almost. Was you it 773406, I mean, 7734206, go to hell. Mm-hmm. Something, yeah, something yeah, it, yeah. And then you had to find a payphone to call the person back. Payphones is another thing that doesn't exist anymore. Man, but. we burned the payphone up at Junior on McDowell. <laughs> I, I knew that number by heart if somebody could. <laughs> if I ever got a page from that number, it was like, Benji Randall. You know, <laughs> I, was like, I knew who it was because you'd actually have payphones that your friends would use a lot, yep. right? And then you know the call, you like who's calling from that payphone. Yep. yep. All right, let's take a break real quick. Didn't mean to get back into that story again. We'll come back. Uh, a big article came out about brain drain in Mississippi, and at the end of the day, it's because Jackson sucks. We'll be right back to break it down. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here on WYAB. This segment brought to you by A One. Gear and Auto, get out there to A1 Gear and Auto today for all your automotive repair needs. Uh, whether it's check engine light, brake light, brakes not working good, squealing, any of that stuff, they got you covered at A1 Gear and Auto. Maybe you just need a battery in your vehicle. They can take care of all of it. Uh, they did some front-end repair recently on one of our vehicles and uh, hadn't had a problem with it since. But what they specialize in is your ring and pinion. Guys, you know, it's we're in the midst of hunting season here. Uh, you probably just left guns and gear buying a new gun, and you done gone and got out in a mud hole, and you done tore your rear end up in your truck. And that means you need to go see A1 Gear and Auto and get them to fix your rear end. Or, hey, maybe your transfer case is messed up. Maybe your four-wheel drive ain't working. Or maybe you just wouldn't put put some brand-new rims and tires on that thing, some oversized tires and wheels, and you've lost some power. You're like, why can't this thing get out of its own way? Well, that's because you have to upgrade your gear ratios when you do that, if you want to maintain that factory power, and they can take care of all that for you at A1 Gear and Auto. And, uh, based on the amount of Jeeps I see in the parking lot every time I ride by, they, the Jeep community are big fans of A1 Gear and Auto. And look, they're going to they're gonna diagnose it right the first time. They're going to get it fixed in a timely manner and at a price that, that won't break the bank. And, uh, People ask them how how do they do it at that price? Well, you know when you when you make when you build good relationships and you do good business, word of mouth, you stay busy. That takes care of itself. Check them out. A one gear and auto. All right, Sean, we got a call. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Let's see. Hey, you're on there. Hello. Hey, hey, what's happening, Clay? Hey, brother, what's going on? Hey, it's Scott. Got to follow up on yesterday's conversation. You guys just delved into again. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, as it turns out, saw what uh, I think was a, I don't know, YouTube or TikTok video posted on Facebook. This mama was shocked and amazed that her baby boy was about to graduate high school. And apparently there was a new superintendent or principal or someone who, who reviewed his academic file, along with you know everybody else who's doing their due diligence stuff, and said, oh, no, we're not unleashing this person on society negative. Uh, he had not passed anything at all. She was shocked to learn they said he's going back to ninth grade. Ninth grade. He was about to graduate high school, going back to ninth grade. Had not passed anything since, like, seventh or eighth grade. I mean, less than 50 percentage 
in every class, but they pushed him off. He didn't pass anything on paper. They just said, okay, well, you flunked, but congratulations. You can go on to the next grade. And the new, the new administration didn't do anything. And, of course, the little YouTuber was commenting, going, hey, Mama, how is it you are saying you didn't know anything about this? How, how do you not know? How do you – surely they send a note or something. So here's my big solution. And I think we could solve so many of our problems in a generation. And it's not – you know, it's not ethnicity or anything like that. It's just – it just works on everybody. Uh, first of all, our kid – he goes to a private academy, and they have an orientation. They have two orientation days. In case you make one, you surely can make the other. And at least one of the parents has to show up and sign in and meet the teachers. So now you got a signature on file, and you have to put email and phone number. And they'll even these days they email and text, you know, behavioral issues, issues with grades, issues with tardiness or truancy, as you were talking about. And and if they make if they if they make those efforts and leave messages and texts and send paper notes home. Don't email grades since the old report card. You remember the old report card. You you had to, you sweated it out. Man, I got to get this thing signed. And you practice your mom's signature so hard. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but it only, it's only going to work for so long. You know, eventually you got to face the music. And that's the point. If within the first half of the school year, you've got these problems and there hadn't been meetings where there's a game plan that the parents are putting in the, the effort and time with the teachers. Then, then you call it a truant officer. You actually get law enforcement and social services involved. And I'm going to tell you what, now you know, as well as I do, if your kid gets removed from the home and you're on social services, guess what gets removed too? the money you get for having that kid in your home. Am I wrong? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Yep. Now, now you're putting the fear of EBT in these people. <laughs> so, so they going they going it's going to affect them. It's going to affect them. They're going to they're going to lose the money they get for you know region eight housing and all this stuff. Uh, if if that's their thing, and I'm not I'm not saying that that, but but I think we know statistically it's lower income that is you know that's having trouble, you know, being the responsible parents and who feel the burden in their soul of making sure they're passing along a good young person for, for society. You know, that's just not conversations the folks have. They're sitting there, you know, watching Steve Harvey on Family Feud, you know, and watching The View and stuff. They're not paying attention to what's going on in the real world. This forces them to. And, and I think if you went that track and actually, you know, got social services involved, so look, you're just not a fit parent. I mean, you just need you know, how do you not know how to make your kids sit down and do homework? You know, I, I ain't saying yeah, you got to know well, how to do math, but you got to know how to set an hour aside without the TV or phone and make them sit with their textbook and do some homework. Yeah, well, you know, here's the thing: when you when you basically put people on universal basic income, which is what EBT is, is which is what all of this welfare money has become, is universal basic income for these people, and they get pay raises when they have more kids. Ironically. You, you've you've taken away the motivation of or the ability to comprehend how learning to do stuff rewards you in life. So there's no upside if they just assume that that's the system they know. That's the system they're going to teach their kids. I mean, why would you ever go get a job if you can, especially if you're a female? Uh, 
I don't know. It's, they're, they're, they're teaching people not only how not to work, but why not to work. You know, why not, yeah. why, why not to get a, a dopamine hit for actually putting in hard work? For me, if nothing else, though, the, minimum, the whole point behind the social uh, net there, uh, safety net, though, is especially if you're getting paid more money for more dependents in the household as a single parent, then, that, then, then what we're basically saying is until your kid's raised and gone on their own, that is your job. That's, we're willing to, I mean, how, I mean, as men in the society, that's what we did for the longest time. We pretty much, you know, paid for everything in the household so that the mother, uh, typically, traditionally, could make sure that the kids are raised in a good home and that they are prepared for society when they become of age. That was their job. And it was a worthwhile job. You get a sense of accomplishment from knowing, hey, even if I never actually had a W-2 a day in my life, I got three kids that are bang up and they're they're out on their own and they're they're great they're great adults now i mean that's that's the whole point uh, of of the, the social safety net that's tied to the number of dependents i don't care if you don't feel like you want to go get a job if you're getting the money your job is the kid so at least do that and we and that that's what i mean though clay if, if that was the standard one generation we'd be finished we'd be done one generation Oh. Anyway, I'm enjoying it. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you, Scott. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> you know the 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 education piece, Sean. Like mm-hmm. the stuff he was talking about. There, I mean, I love I love hearing people who have thought something out like that, and listening to them put it together. There's so many pieces to that puzzle. Yeah. But but I think one thing he really said that kind of hit the nail on the head was. You know, a lot of the and that look, we're obviously not throwing the entire baby out with the bathwater, but lower income people not knowing how to, not knowing how to uh, teach their kids how to do right, you know, mm-hmm. or teach them how to study. But I, I do like the the thought process of the or however I want to say this. I like the point that if you if the government is rewarding you for basically doing nothing, but birthing and barely raising your children, well, usually that person. That's about all. That's what they're going to teach their kids. And even yeah. if they don't teach it, it's going to teach it by proxy because yeah. the kids going to have grown up watching how this the system works. And uh, anybody that thinks that that we're going to make America great again, or we're going to save Jackson, or any of these things, when you have a large, large swath of people who are being raised like that and who operate under that in that culture, but you ain't changing that. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's, you know, kind of, and this is it's sort of on topic, but it kind of, when I was listening to his call, made me think of, I watched uh, those town halls last night with Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ron DeSantis had been in the Navy, I think he was Navy JAG or something like that. And they were talking about, a question was posed to him about the low recruitment numbers in the military now. Like, they're historically low, even to Vietnam War levels, you know, like volunteering, whatever. And, um, and you know, the, and I th- so I, I, what I'm trying to say is I think that I'm, I'm tying this into that. This may be just a society-wide problem about how people are not, you know, like go out, get a job, go work, serve your country. Like these values have shifted over the decades, whereas, you know, our generation's generation before, that was just kind of the norm, what we know to do. We get up, we're going to go either go to college, we're going to go to work, you know, after college you get a job. 
you're going to join the military. You know, like that's we like I remember I was thinking about on the drive over here this morning about that. Like my grandfather was on my mom's side was a Marine, you know, was Iwo Jima, World War Two. And I heard those stories growing up so that I wanted to do, you know, you're young. You're like, I want to do that. That's mm-hmm. what I want to do. And I think you know, a lot of kids from our generation probably felt that way with grandparents when the World War Two era and all that stuff. Now it's it's shifted where like these kids don't feel any need to serve like they just they don't have that that drive to do that and and i think that kind of also goes you know what, what you're talking about with, with this situation where you see you see this culture of well i'm not gonna you know do anything i don't need to do anything the government's gonna pay for me so then that's fine i'm gonna do that and then also on the other side you see people that have not instilled those kind of values in people that like you know the world is your oyster just because you're an individual you know what i'm trying to say yeah. like like you're special which i think I hate to say this, I think it's still in that kind of value is bad. Like you're special. Like no, it should be a collective effort for the greater good, and we don't do that anymore. It's all about I'm an individual, and that's what matters to me. Yep. And I, the army actually started a campaign back when I was in my early 20s. Remember when I got in the Marine Corps? It was um, an army of one. If people remember that, yeah, and, I remember. And they were talking about how they were trying to this generation coming up was talking about wanting to be more individualistic. Well, that's look where that's brought us. You know, at this point where. That not seeing what's for the greater good of society has brought a bunch of individuals that you know don't really care about anything but themselves, and I think that's really, really, really bad. I don't know where that takes us long term. Well, you know that, and then you can go back into what this is doing with, with selling everybody the fake dream of college. Yeah, and you know now everybody thinks they can uh, be famous on TikTok and and or whatever the app is of the day. You know, sure. like, I'm going to be an influencer and do all this stuff, and bro, I mean. So, somebody's got to be the sheep. Yeah, exactly. Every, every everybody can't be a leader. What's the old saying? There can't be all chiefs, and no Indians. Yeah, I mean, so, can I else, say that anymore? Is that a canceled saying? I don't know. This is this is a canceled proof zone. Yeah. Um, because God knows if they could, they already would have. Um, so the, there's got to be worker bees. Yeah. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to be a worker bee anymore. That's why you got the problem you do in the service industry. And that doesn't mean they had to be lifelong positions, but there there's a hierarchy around here. They would say there's levels to this, and yeah. some, and you got to start at the bottom you, you gotta if you're be, ever going to get to the top. Exactly, you've got to be willing to put in the elbow grease and like and just and suffer. I mean, suffering is part of life, man. I mean, it is just part of life that people don't they don't want they want to skip all that. Like, I want to get all the good stuff without the, the suffering. The suffering is just a part of the human experience that we all have to deal with. Yeah, they all, they always say that, you know, when you meet somebody that's, that's made it, mm-hmm. you know, asking what the best part, they say the journey. Yeah. And the, it sounds cliche and corny, but, man, I, I kind of ended up making a random Facebook, kind of a long-winded Facebook post last night about selling their shirts. And, you know, the only reason I'm able to do that is because I, st- I kept with – building this platform and i'm finally starting to reap some of the rewards mm-hmm. for the hard work i put in and i said you know it'll <clears throat> the fact that anybody even wants a shirt with my name on it you know it was kind yeah. of my point and people you will be rewarded if you just don't quit it's 100 true i mean i read your post too and i mean it's not like you walked into a studio day one and everybody just started listening to you no. i mean that's just not the way it works i mean you had to put in the time to work you know not making as much money and all that kind of stuff and it's hard i mean it's hard it's not i mean anything any you know unless you're just born your parents are super wealthy and you just kind of get the benefits of that otherwise i mean if you want anything you just got to put in the time and there there was a conversation a few months into this where it was like hey i don't think this is working out for either one of us you know i had to go find some more advertising. i had to make it work mm-hmm. it was like kind of like okay I, I i've gotten so close i don't want to lose it 
Let me let me anchor down here, and that's what I did. All right, let's take a break real yep. quick. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Claybro Show, Sean Yurt Karan. Um, guys, don't forget Lakeland Glass and Tent fifty percent off this month on ceramic coating jobs, forty percent off on ceramic window tent, and thirty percent off on paint protection film. It's all Expel products. Do just a little bit of research and you'll figure out real quick that Expel is the leader in this type of technology. And uh, you will not be disappointed. And Lakeland Glass and Tent is the Expel installer of the year for the whole country. That's right. Right here in central Mississippi, the, the number one installer in the country of one of the best products in the country is our very own Lakeland Glass and Tent. Take some pride in that. Take some civic pride in that. Uh, that is cool. Whether you do business with them or not, take some pride knowing that one of our Mississippi started, founded, same thing, uh, and ran and operated and owned by companies is the number one in something in a field like that. There's a lot of talented window tenders out there. There's a lot of talented paint protection film people. And we got the best. We'll be right back. All right, you've tuned in live to hour two of the Free Range Human Show Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. It's hour two. We are here in the studio with Sean Yurt Karan. And this segment is going to be brought to you by my friends over at Reliable Rental Equipment. All my DIY guys out there, all my contractors, you know, man, it's too expensive to go buy a whole lot of heavy equipment. You don't know if you're going to need it every day. You know how this works. You go rent those bulldozers, those skid steers, those tractors, those generators, that Taylor outdoor lighting for uh, being able to work a little later, a little early, depending on your point of view, uh, outdoors on your job without sunlight. They got it all right there at Reliable Rental Equipment. They also offer rollback dumpsters. You can get just the dumpster and fill it up yourself, or they can even provide the crew to do the work for you. That's a pretty good deal there. Don't know how to operate a don't know how to operate a backhoe, but you got to get got to get some work done. You can rent the backhoe, and they have daily rates available for operators. Check them all out. They're right there in Jackson, Meadowbrook Road, across from the old Meadowbrook Movie Theater. That's pretty. That's on the corner of Meadowbrook and and North State. Uh, nice big facility, great work they did out there revitalizing that block. The website reliable rental equipment ms dot com. Heck, we we got one of their uh we got their their top sales guy on the phone here. We got Mister Brad Patridge. Hey, Brad. Hey, what's going on, man? Another day, another I just, dollar. I actually am uh, about an hour from Cincinnati. We had a customer want to air toe unlike one of the ones we have on a lot so i said you know what i'll jump in the truck and make that 12 hour hike up here and i just been beating the snow getting out of here coming home well, but that's, that's customer service that well in and the the streaming that you guys offer i'm able to listen to my favorite radio show on the way back i like it so win-win um yeah, I heard y'all talking about the truancy officer stuff. You know, I did the console job for a long time. And the way that works, 
I never really talked to the same truancy officer, quote unquote, twice. But if your child missed, you know, X amount of days, then this truancy officer, a representative from the school district, will come to the justice court and file the uh, the affidavit for the parent. It's it's actually it, it's an arrest warrant. You, you you get you get a warning from this truancy officer. Uh, you know the parent gets that, and then if you don't adhere to whatever the warning says, you the truancy officer can then come back to justice court and file the affidavit, and they will issue a warrant for the parent. And I had to do that several times, and then so of course I would have the parents say, well, I'm homeschooling. And I was like, well, that uh, doesn't have a thing in the world to do with me. You know, I I have the warrant, and, you know, you can bring that information to the judge. Well, you know, then the judge is going to say, well, it's a little bit more to it than just saying I'm homeschooling. Uh, You have to actually, there's a program. But anyway, that's how that works on the the truancy officer. Interesting. My mom's lucky she didn't go to jail. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, and I did uh, a couple times. I had, you know, I had to take them to to jail. I, and I had them go. I, I would go to their house with the arrest warrant, and the the child will be there. And you know, when I say child, you know, sometimes you know you're looking at a 16 year old. And I told this young man one time, I said, "Look, you know, mom is going to jail because you are a full brat, and they're not minding mom." And, uh, you know, I said, but, you know, who's coming next? Because we can't leave you here alone. I said, you have started the process. So that. You know, that that, that but, process has obviously been stopped in Jackson. Uh, so hopefully they'll get that started <laughs> back and we can start getting some of these folks arrested and some of these kids thrown in a, a curfew detention center. Yeah, And I just mean that to prove a point. And because all you got to do is make a couple. I'm a firm believer, Brad. You make a few examples out of some folks, and word travels fast. Look no different than the implementation of the Capitol Police inside the CCID downtown. Once once they figured out where not to commit the crimes at in Jackson, if they wanted to have to deal with a certain level of law enforcement and punishment, they stopped committing those crimes inside the CCID. Again, you make a few examples. They had to pull a couple caps back. They had to upset some of the right people. But now it's well, pretty dang safe downtown in that area. Well, I mean, you know where our location is. Uh, there, yeah, y'all uh, are inside the CCID out there, I believe, right? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I see them all the time. They, they, well, you know, I happen to know a bunch of them, but but their their presence is is everywhere. And you know, uh, I, I was just making a comment somebody the other day. We heard a. Uh, we, we heard, uh, we hear fire trucks and ambulance every night, but uh, you just don't ever hardly hear the well siren of the police car. It's just, uh, you see them, you know, go by. It's just, it, it, it's, they're doing a fantastic job. You know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I'm a, I'm a smaller government guy, but it's amazing how well, and I don't want to, I don't want to drag you into a political conversation, you know, because of where you work and everything. But it's just amazing how well government works. We'll just say that when done right, when you let the adults that know what they're doing do government, it can work right. And uh, you're seeing uh, the Capitol Police and the CCID is a great example of the government doing what it's supposed to do and doing it right. 
I think that's the most politically yep. correct way I can say it. Brad, I totally agree. Be safe, brother. Thing, yeah, go ahead. Last thing I want to say here: if there's somebody out there listening, I know they are, and they're thinking, you know, where do I spend my advertising dollar? You know, what could I do? Just uh, if you know me, that's fine. You can take it from me. If you don't know me, I'm telling you, advertise and play, and you will get your money's worth and then some. I'm just, uh, you can take my word on that. Hey, I appreciate that, brother. That is priceless right there. A good referral. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I will holler at you guys. I'm southbound and down. Stay safe, brother. Let's get lunch when you get back. Gotcha. All right. Bye. Peace. Brad Patrick's there. Brad, Brad was a constable for, I think, about 20 years out in Lincoln yeah. County. And uh, he's um, the hit, I think, he's sales manager, something like that. Sales guy, sales manager, marketing manager. I don't know the exact title over at Reliable Rental Equipment. And uh, he's the reason they're on the show. And it, it has been, it's been a good, it's been a good partnership for both of us. And I'm glad to have them folks on board. They're getting ready to uh, potentially expand. And into some other areas, so cool. really excited to have them on board, kind of from the ground level, and be, get to be a part of their their growth. So uh, get out there, check them out for all your stuff. All right, Sean, that was interesting about the parents getting arrested. So yeah. as a former ADA and mm-hmm. assistant district attorney, for, I have to say it every now and then because people kind of like me that didn't. If you had said ADA to me, I'd have no idea what you were talking. You're talking about, about yeah, yeah. So <laughs> right. assistant district attorney mm-hmm. or prosecutor in Hines County. Did you ever prosecute any? truancy stuff no i mean i never heard of it i don't know if that was something that went to youth court which is if, if it's in youth court it's handled by the, the you know there's a district attorney and then there's they, a county they, prosecutor a youth court wouldn't handle the parents though. not the parents i wouldn't think but i know that's nothing that ever came across my desk or anybody i think something like that came across the office we'd all have heard about it so yeah i'd be like yeah i'd be like arrested hey. for their kid not going to school yeah and i mean yes yeah, so we would all we would all talked about that so i've never heard that in all the time i was there they um, about to have to arrest half of jackson I imagine that would be a political hotcake too. If you're the DA, you're like I'm, you know, prosecuting the parents. I, I, yeah. I just didn't. I never saw that, or it never came. You know, never came across our desk. So as far as I know, and all right, again, a lot of Jackson stuff today. We may end up punting some of the national stuff to Jamison's show. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We ended up going down some rabbit holes this morning. Let's jump into this while we're on Jackson. Mm. This, and we just got through talking about the CCID and the Capitol Police, and that takes us to HB 1020. Yeah, It's all happening. The NAACP lost their lawsuits, lost their appeals. There's nowhere else to go. The state will have a court inside the city of Jackson. Yeah, that's what's happening. We're going to um, – the uh, Fifth Circuit finally, uh, they ruled on it after Henry Wingate, who's a district court judge – they um they they denied the um, preliminary injunction that was filed by the NAACP, you know, basically saying that the plaintiffs, the, the who's in, being represented by the NAACP, didn't have any standing in the case that they weren't injured, essentially. So that um and that what an interesting thing and Kingfish notes this in his um article. If anybody wants to go to Jackson Jambalaya, he's got a good article about it. But I read the opinion too that the Fifth Circuit wrote. And they're saying that, you know, and this is something that I think you and I have discussed on this show a lot, that the cities are creatures of the state. You know, the state gives the city authorities to exist. So it's not like the city has certain rights that the state can take or give them. That's pretty much what it is. The state can take or give the city certain rights. And they're saying that, you know, the Fifth Circuit is saying, we don't know of any right that you have to appoint whoever unless the state says you can. You know, that the state's, the legislature is the one who grants you that authority as the city because you're a creature of the state. So 
which I think it was, it was here, is like the legislature said, hey, we're going to create a municipal court, essentially a municipal court, which HB 1020, which is what they did, and um, and that the city the city's equal protection rights were not violated by this because the legislature is one that grants them those you know the authorities to do things they do. So that was a pretty good point. And everybody like said wants to read that article. It's up on Jackson Jambalaya, but um. You, see, you said you read the decision. I did. I read that decision scathing. too. He's, he, yeah, it's pretty scathing on the city. You know, um, here it says you know plaintiffs cite no authority for the proposition that Jackson's local governing authority has the exclusive power to appoint judges and prosecutors for the CCID court, which although functionally equivalent to a municipal court, does not share all features of municipal court. A mere political subdivision, Jackson is but a subordinate unit of government created by the state to carry out delegated governmental functions. With no privileges or immunities under the federal constitution, which may invoke an opposition to the will of its creator, which is another case that they decided back in 2019. They're pulling that quote from that. It says here, which is the most, I think, important part. The legislature, legislature decided against giving Jackson's local officials a new grant of power over the new court. That is the right and the prerogative of the legislature, not of Jackson's voters. All right, so what does that mean in layman's well, terms? Well, it's simply it's the state creates cities. Like cities are a creation of the state. They're incorporated by the state. Like when Byram just became an incorporation or when more recently Gluckstadt became incorporated, that's the, the state allows that to happen. Just like we go to the Secretary of State's office to create an LLC or an incorporation. Yeah, incorporation. pretty much. I mean, and I don't know exact process how you create a city, but that's what the Fifth Circuit is saying. It's because of the state that the cities even exist. And the state has the right to say, you know, what they're going to grant you and what they're not going to grant you. And that's what they did here with, you know, HB 1020. They're not – they also said they're not taking anything away from Jackson voters. They didn't abolish a municipal court in Jackson. They didn't do anything like that. So there's no taking away of anything. And um, – but that is – again, so that's – that is up to the legislature to decide what to do with the cities. And um, and that's and that's what they ruled here. So that has, I think, a lot of implications for Jackson in the future about their arguments against what the state decides to do with the city. And there was another point they made in there that, you know, regarding – even though they said they didn't have any standing, they were regarding the equal protection argument where they were they would say that this was a plan to protect the white community simply is what kind of they were saying, that there was, there was an artificial barrier around the CCID to protect the white community. And the and – the, the, um, the Fifth Circuit said that doesn't exist. That's not. That's not true. That's not. That's not a good argument. There's a. You know. There's a. You can be afforded the rights of the. You know the service of the Capitol Police. You know anywhere you are in Jackson. So. Well, and that's a fictitious argument to begin with, because anybody's allowed to live wherever. Uh, there's a very heavy uh, black part of Fondren community. Uh, what would they, it would be the west side of North State. Like yeah, know, kind of that that whole area there. Yeah, that's about uh, where my office is actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so which is all in the CCID, which is all very black. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate being black and white about stuff, but sometimes you just have to be. Yeah. Um, and obviously, blacks are scattered all throughout Fonder, Bellhaven, other neighborhoods. They may be predominantly white, but they're still also black. And it just mm-hmm. to, just to have an argument about something not being fair for for black people inside the city limits of Jackson, it's just mm-hmm. comical to begin with. When you're not, it's ninety percent black. Uh, with the exception of what one or two city council people, two, two, two. The, the entire city government is black. The the power structure is black. Anything unfairly that's happening to black people inside the city limits is happening because of black people. Yeah, I mean, I th- right. I think it's um. I mean, 
black folks have the political power in Jackson. I mean, that's uh, that's just the way it is. And Hines County. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, what is the city, is it less than 20% white at this point? It, man, it's, it's, it's 87, 89% black. And this, I mean, this is about the census. And I, would, I, would, I would dare to say it's probably 90 plus in um, reality. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's it's not like white voters have much of political power in, in the no, city at all. I mean, no. it's not. They, um, I think the it is taxation without representation. Yeah, I, I think you know the the, the if great, conservative. Yeah, I mean, right there, if there's some conservatives there, the the few that live around. Um, I'd also say, you know, we talked about this last week. Without the state stepping in to help Jackson, I don't know that there'd be a Jackson two year, at least in the, in that CCI CCID district. Um, because of the, what was happening with the crime, and obviously the water. I mean, there's no water. You can't have a city. If if Tate Reeves and crew had not stepped in, and yeah. they said, Jackson, y'all figure it out, get your federal money, y'all figure it out, Jackson may very well still be without water. You know, it's, it, it can be possible unless the feds somehow stepped in and did something. I assume they would by this point. Send the Corps but, of Engineers in, something like that. But, Clay, this wasn't even just the water, which, of course, is, I think, actually the most important. I mean, I don't know how you have a functional city without water. You don't. We you, saw that. Yeah, you don't, but... The crime was getting so bad in those neighborhoods that are actually, you know, economic engine of the city. What what's left of an economic engine of the city is those neighbors in the CCID, and um, it was getting to a point where, you know, people were going to move. I mean, they were going to leave. I remember I was on most of those threads. This is the summer of two thousand twenty-one, which was getting really bad, and you know, people that lived in and I'm just someone that has lived over there forever. It always is like, well, there's some crime. There's occasional robbery. You know, there's a house burglar. You know, like mine the other night. And there's a, you know, there's a um, car break-ins. A lot of those, but there was never like just tons of violent crime occurring in those neighborhoods prior to two years ago. And then it became like an epidemic where there was a constant stream of carjackings, armed robberies. There was a murder. And so when you have that, you know, people are like, okay, wait a second. Now I got my families here. I ain't, you know, we can move to Madison Rankin. Let yeah. you know, you know, go. And I think if the state hadn't stepped in to, you know, to enforce those air, I think you would have seen a lot of exodus that would have cleaned out those neighborhoods. And that would have destroyed an economic engine in the entire city, which is which would have been terrible. Now, also, I think why the NAACP wants to make this argument. Why not get together with legislature and say, hey, can we have capital police for the entire city? I know they got secondary jurisdiction, but like, can we expand them and let's do whatever we can to combat what we all agree is a crime epidemic in the city? And I don't know why that's not a. A solution or a, like why people are not working towards that kind of goal yeah and i'm not sure the funding mechanism for the capital police like who does, does what jackson pay towards is jackson paying for it at their own through their taxes they pay the state probably not right there's mm-hmm. a state just having to just eat this entire new ordeal to keep jackson safe because i say that to say this because I, I tend to agree with you. I, I believe this is probably coming 100% out of the state. Mm-hmm. You know, Jackson ain't having to pay no extra. It's no, not, I don't think there is, as far as I know. This ain't coming from any other money that's given to Jackson. This is in addition to. I think that's right, yeah. I don't, as, as much as I would like to see the Capitol Police be able to expand and to take that mindset of law enforcement mm-hmm. across the whole city, I don't think the state should be funding an entire citywide secondary or co-primary uh, law enforcement for the city of Jackson because it can't do it right when it when when it has the funding to do it. Well, here's why here's why I'm gonna disagree with you on this point, and this is gonna go into our argument about the um the that Wall Street Journal article, another thing that Kingfish had posted over the uh, holiday. You know the the lack of a major metropolitan area has been 
one of the number one reasons why we can't retain. Hold, hold, hold that thought. We sure. got to take a break. Call or stay on hold. I want to get into that. Yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show, guys. Be sure to stay tuned in from nine to ten. Jim Thorne's Arts and Blues Hour. Uh, he's going to be doing his 2023 year in review. He is here in the studio, so enjoy that. I mean, he had a lot of great musical artists on over the past year. And then stay tuned from 10 to noon. We're going to hit the reset button. Sean and myself will be in here co-hosting, or not co-hosting, but filling in for Jameson Haygood. He had something he had to take care of today, and uh, we volunteered to you know, spend another two hours with you guys. We're going to get into a lot of the national stuff of that on that show, the Epstein stuff, some Trump stuff. The, uh, the town halls from last night. So we'll, we'll try to stay true to form with what Jameson does there. Uh, real quick, let's take a call. Hey, callers, thank you for staying on hold. You're on there. Hey, Clay. Hey, Sean. It's Ready Teddy. How you doing, man? Hey, hey brother. Hey, uh, about 40 minutes late, but that's the way my morning is set up. You were talking earlier about the welfare and, you know, second, third generation second and third generation welfare stuff? Yes, yes. Well, years ago when I was in the oil business, I would you know, have to go talk to large, large landowners about doing some projects on their property and all that kind of stuff. So I was at a man's house out in Madison, the city of Madison, and old Madison, on Boy Road, I think it was. And he, anyway, he was a 90-year-old retired dentist. And he, um, we sat down in conversation, and at the table and had a long conversation, and I'll never forget what he said. And we were talking about, you know, the country and this, that, and the other. And I think he said Thomas Jefferson said this. Don't hold me to that, Sean. Probably y'all may know who said it. But he said, and this will keep in mind how many year, hundreds of years ago this was, said the biggest problem facing this country is that we have a permanent underclass of irredeemably dependent personalities. I don't know. I had to and, look that up. I'm not. He may have. He may. Sounds like something he'd say. <laughs> But, but think about him saying that that long ago that now that – and I don't want to call him underclass because I think that's a little bit derogatory. I don't think he meant it derogatory. I think that was his way of saying lower economic class. And I think it has just spread, like, like y'all were saying earlier about, you know, I mean, we're now on, we're now on fourth and possibly, you know, third, third maybe fourth generation people are just that, – that welfare and government handouts is just – a way to make a living, and that's not the way the system is designed, and, and, and it's being abused. But I just wanted to share that quote with y'all. I know I found it interesting enough to where I've never forgotten it, and I've never written it down, but I, I remember it word for word. So That sounds great. I'll look uh, that so up later. It, yeah, I'll look that up. I, I, I got a big Jefferson book on my coffee table, so maybe it's in there. I got you. Hey, guys, y'all have a good day. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, brother. Have a good weekend, Teddy. Go sell some cars. Yep. All right. Um. I guess we were we were going into the um, about the Capitol Police expanding to the entire city versus the you know brain drain in Mississippi. I think at yeah. the break, and I mean, so like you said, Kingfish had posted this Wall Street Journal article over the weekend, and I went to the Wall Street Journal and read the article, and it was I don't know if anybody saw this, but it talks about how the rest of the entire South is growing exponentially, except for Mississippi. Like we only gained about, I think it was Clay was at seven hundred fifty residents last yeah, year. A, a poultry, I guess it's better than losing, but yeah, um, yeah, we gained. And we just we have a very hard time of retaining 
people here and recruiting people to come here. One of the reasons that they cited was the lack of a major metropolitan area um, for, you know, people like to live in places like Nashville or Atlanta where they can go to a, you know, pro football game or they can, the airport's easier to get places from that airport and there's all these things to do. And we just don't have that here. And I guess that's kind of my other argument for the whole state investing in Jackson because I think the, you know, a, a stronger, I know that it's, I know it's a cliche argument we always make, like the stronger Jackson makes everything, but it's actually true you, when you need to think about it. You've, you, you've changed my mind that easily. See, this is you what know. conversation does. Yeah. You, you, you've changed my mind pretty quick. There is a, and I know that there can be people who disagree and that's fine, but I, I see what you're talking about. Here's my only drawback to that is I just think the city, I don't think the city wants it. I don't think the people in charge, I just, I don't trust. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't trust them with the gift of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely, I mean, we're talking about politics. People want to conserve their, their political power and they don't want, like the city grows bigger. That means there's more potential candidates, more people to grow different political factions. There's more base, you know, that people don't want that because when you're in your head, you're king of your little fiefdom, you know, I can. The Middle Ages, like you want to keep it that way. I mean, and that's all that that is that is nationwide. That goes on everywhere. And I, I mean, here's the no exception. You know, so if you if you're trying to skew towards a younger demographic, you know, and get mm. some get some you know whites and blacks and all the stuff, you know, college kids who want to live. I say college kids, recent college grads that want to live in a urban downtown type area, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be liberal anyway. So it's it's probably. And here's the thing. Especially on the white liberal side, yeah, and I'm just saying it's kind of an unfounded fear mm-hmm. of, of losing powers. More to my story here, yeah. Um, I I think the white liberal is far more progressive and left than the black liberal. Oh yeah, I mean I agree with that 100. percent Yeah, I think yeah. the 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 far left woke white guy that yeah, you know. So is, I, mean, I think Chalkway is pro- to me. Chalkway represents the far left white liberal he does very much so very way much. more than he very does what's so. good for the black liberal yeah i think you know just you know and i have a lot of you know i have a lot of black friends that i hang out with and talk about all this like he represents he is very aligned with the far left progressive mm-hmm. you know him and woke, his sister and yeah Free that's Palestine you know right that. i mean if he was if he was not black he'd be the white progressive guy like they yeah. they they align in that that philosophy very closely um then I think you're he average. does it in the guise of free the land and blackity black black black. Mm-hmm. But I think actually his what he does is very pro white liberal. Yeah, it's it's very very similar. That's a really good point. Um, and I mean it's not like your traditional black conservative Democrat, which most like like I always say that on the show so many times. Like most black folks like are a, as the, conservative the, as white folks. To keep their stamps. Yeah, you know, as, a, as an example of somebody black Democrat that, that does it right. Mm-hmm. You know, and just a good dude. I mean, I'm probably I'm using one of the best examples I can find because I know that guy and I, and I feel comfortable saying it. But there's other good dudes, man. tons. And I mean, like I said, I mean, people, you got like, a friend. I got front, tons of friends that I work with over the years that I still get friends with. And I, I remember we were having lunch a few months ago, and you know, they talked about me being on the show, and we were talking about the transgender issue for one thing. And they said, you know, they they all call me Turk. They're like Turk. You know, we ain't down with that. And this is and like these are all folks that all like me vote Democrat, and like they're like they're conservative. Democrats are not that, you know, far left thing that kind of like choke wave represents, I think. So, yeah, I mean, you made an example and you don't have to say his name. Mm, sure. But you have a friend that was running for DA somewhere and they interviewed with the Soros group about donations mm-hmm. and he they weren't far it was a black democrat mm-hmm. and he was not far enough left 
to get their do- yeah, to, to get approved for their donation. He's certainly not. I mean, he's 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 a uh, he's he's very he's a very conservative guy. So I mean, that yeah, I mean, he's been one of the toughest prosecutors I know. And so um, he um, yeah, and exactly, and that's why I guess that's the way I've you know kind of grown up in all this. And from my perspective, seeing that and, you know, having such close black friends and working with primarily all black people in Hines County, like, that's just what I didn't see this far left progressive kind of thing. Like, Chokeway is just an anomaly to me in that group. That's not, you know, like, that's not, doesn't really align with with most conservative black Democrats. Um, And uh, so that's why, yeah, I agree. I think you're spot on with that comparison. I think that's probably probably a lot of dark money coming in to donation to him from far left progressive white groups yeah i would definitely 100 i, I yeah. would definitely think because i align with what he's trying to represent and that's where i also you know i was thinking about it this morning on the drive over here you know what he and that's i'm glad you brought this up what he represents is not the average jacksonian black or white i don't think they're not they're not thinking like that they're now thinking like i know there's thir- there's certainly thirteen thousand that voted for him and let's look at it that way 13 out of 100 and i don't know what the voting age population is but so thirteen thousand people voted for him because i guess there wasn't really an alternative that year or whatever it was um that they, were, they thought was acceptable but i don't think that the majority of people in jackson have that v- viewpoint i think i think people want and this is you know everybody i'm talking to daily i live there i talk to everybody and they're like they want the water to work they want the traffic signals to work which apparently he doesn't want and so i don't you know, I think that's yeah, and I, so I think you know, if we were able to grow the city, that we could recruit more people here. Maybe they'd be liberal. I don't know what they'd be, but you know, there could, you could definitely. I don't think a whole lot of. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think a whole lot of really left liberals are gonna move here anyway to Mississippi. No, well, I, I don't ju- think that's like a. You know, I was just insinuating that a lot of your younger single people who want to live in a downtown type area tend to skew liberal yeah i I mean i agree with that they probably do but i think you know if you get out of college and you're an engineer or you're whatever and you you come to you know a place like jackson um and you you're not going to move to the suburbs right away because you don't have a family yet you're not into that but I, i do also um i've always said for years that jackson is such a perfect location to be like a cool little tech hub or some kind of cities like you see in North Carolina that have done really well, like Raleigh and those places where we have like low cost of living here, which is great. Housing is affordable. If you go to anywhere, everybody knows the rest of the country you can't buy a home. I mean, it's just, but here you can. I mean, we're at, we're, we're at the crossroads of, you know, Dallas, Atlanta, we're close to New Orleans, close to the beaches. We have a lot of amenities. The weather is generally good except for July, you know, but other than that, July and August. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many, there's so many values to, to moving here, but we don't have that kind of a, a major, you know, metropolitan city to, to encourage that. All right. So, Chalkway's new nickname is Dubois for the White Liberal. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Guys, don't forget Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's this weekend for all your pizza, pasta, and just good food needs, entertainment needs. Tomorrow night, uh, they're having the old school DJ dance party throwback uh, event hosted by Jace Powell, H-A-K-A DJ Tricks. I'll hear all your favorite 80s, 90s, and 2000s dance music. I think it's going to start around 9 p.m., kind of once the family dinner stuff wraps up, they'll get that going. No cover charge. So just go out there and have a good time, man. They're going to turn it into like a little mini nightclub. Uh, this may be something they do a little more of. I don't know what the future plans are. I guess it depends on how Saturday night goes. But uh, get out there, support Chip and the team. If nothing else, here's some fun music from, from back in the day. 
and eat some good pizza. Maybe you'll meet some new friends. Hey, if you're single, maybe you'll meet a new significant other. Who knows? Uh, I guess for some people, that'd be a reason not to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like th- throwing holy water on that thing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, get out to Acme Pizza and Acme's this weekend. Also, uh, Guns and Gear out there in Gluckstadt on Highway 51 North. They are under attack by Big Tech. They've had their Facebook page deleted for doing nothing more than sharing the photos of the guns, which they're allowed to do as a mm-hmm. operating gun store. But uh, because because Hunter is one of us, because he's a patriot, because he doesn't support Joe Biden, they've come after him. And they've deleted his Facebook page. So let's make sure we get over there and support one of our own. I mean, he's he ain't just he ain't just an advertiser. He is one of us. And uh, you know, I don't want to speak for other people's politics, but um, I know his, and um, I know he runs. He has billboards around town, you know, poking fun at the Let's Go Brandon stuff. I mean, he is one of us. He listens to this radio station every day, and he supports this radio station. And he's running legitimate business, and they shouldn't, you know, yeah, they shouldn't take him down. I mean, I mean, that's just it, it, that's crazy. I don't even understand that. I mean, either so we always all to fight the power, fight the man, fight cancel culture. You can fight cancel culture with your pocketbook with your debit card with your cash and you can do that over at guns and gear i'd it, look if this radio show ended tomorrow and i didn't have a single sponsor and it was just me running my mouth on social media i'd be saying these exact words i know that because i've said them before before i ever did this for a living so get over there support guns and gear they got all your guns they're the home of no limit ammo the seracoding gunsmithing they got it all covered out there and, hey, they'll buy your gun, too, if you're in the market to sell one. Check them out. Highway 51 North in Gluckstadt. Check out their website, too, gunsingearms.com. All right, Sean, um, I'm really enjoying this uh, peeling onion back. It's become my favorite saying. I may put that on a shirt, peeling onion back. <laughs> it's like a picture onion. of a blooming onion. Yeah. And, uh, peeling onion back on this. Let's read a few text messages. Yeah. On the, Speaking of guns and gear, the guns and gear text line, man, you guys have been lighting it up, and I promise – uh, we've just been talking so much, I hadn't had a chance to read all of it. Uh, Wild Bill he says, and this is going to be something national, we'll get to it. He says, have y'all noticed uh, that Newsmax and Fox are all hush on Trump, Clinton, Epstein being buddies? Man, I'll be honest, I don't watch any of that stuff. I mean, I've got some trusted sources that I get my news from online. And I, I just, I don't watch Fox. And when they get, Tucker was the only thing I did watch. Mm-hmm. And when they did away with Tucker, I mean, the only reason I even have access to cable news is because i have youtube tv for watching sports yeah no i actually turned into tune into cnn last night for the first time just because those town halls were on and i wanted yeah. to watch them but that's only i don't i mean i'm like yeah. I'm, I'm tuned off the mainstream cable networks yeah. because it's just a load of junk i don't on, need a narrative place. i don't want a yeah. narrative it's a total I'll, load of junk i'll decide i'll devise my own narrative Mm-hmm. Um, even at the detriment of maybe running a day behind the news cycle every now and then. But, but man, if you got if you follow as many news outlets and want to be news journalists like I do on X and these other places, we're usually a couple of days ahead of a story. Yeah, you know. So I, by the time Fox News and CNN and these other places get it and homogenize it and water it down, I, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Unknown texture says. What is it about Democrat platform, ideals, policies, et cetera, that entice Sean to vote for them? Me? I'm uh, what's called 100% for Medicare for All. Always, that's been my biggest issue. I was actually pro-gay um, marriage before it was even law. Like, I mean, I voted against that, keeping it on the ballot here in 2004 when they put it in amendment. Um, I was, you know, and I'm pro-choice. So, All right. 
Woodrow Jackson is not a destination because it is anti business because of its anti business stance, always has been, and that's true. Jackson is, I mean, going back, and I can just speak for the last twenty years when we moved the club downtown from um, Byron. It is a very business unfriendly place. Uh, code compliance was very selectively enforced, and you know, there just depends on whose pocket you greased, who you who liked you, and all of that. It was a nightmare. The permanent department is a even bigger disaster. Nobody there seems to have a clue what they're doing. You walk in the first floor, and I hope somebody in in, in city administration is listening to this because y'all are terrible at what you do, and some of you have been there way too long to be as bad as it as you are. When you walk in the building at city planning and development, you go in on the first floor. You're like, "What do I need to get my permits to start a business?" And nobody can tell you the order in which you need to do things. It is a disaster. They're very business unfriendly. Forever the police department was in business to put people out of business, um, particularly people in the nightclub business. Like Remember what happened to the strip clubs? Yeah. I mean, they, they weren't just strip clubs. They went on a war path with everybody, mm-hmm. and, you know, except certain bar owners who happened to donate to their campaigns. That I believe. That I believe. Over on Mill Street. Mm-hmm. You know, so – Funny how that works. Funny how certain bars that weren't on Fair Street got put in the Fair Street Entertainment District when a bar <clears throat> mine that was on Fair Street got left off. You know, funny how that happens, funny, Clay. Funny how that happens. I wonder where that one came from. You know, so so when you people get on me about my anger for Jackson, it's deep rooted. It's the, and it's earned. Jackson earned it. So I, I'm never going to miss a chance to take a shot. They didn't never miss one to take one at me. Never missed one to take one. Never missed a chance to take a shot at me. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Now that the, now that the rabbit got the gun, I'm shooting back. And now you know. I mean, it seems like they. This I think this NAACP lawsuit is a great example of this. It's like they want to do things to encourage people not to live here. Like that's like let's do things to discourage. You know, the, the save the city. I mean, like, I, I wish, like, well, maybe it'd be it, some politician like Chokeway or whoever came up there and said, look, my goal is to destroy Jackson. That's what I want to do. And I'm running on that platform. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, at least he's honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, at yeah, that point, I mean, I mean, like, sure. he's being honest about it. Because otherwise, like, I don't understand when you, he didn't want, remember a few years ago, he didn't want the tag reader thing. He didn't, he didn't want that thing to go through. He doesn't want the police. He doesn't want to fix, fix the traffic signals. He doesn't want city employees to not be allowed to take their cars home oh, that's another go. thing him and city hall are fighting about he's saying well there may be some legal reasons why we have to let them take their cars home i cannot imagine there's a league you own the car tell them they can either drive it or not that's it i mean you can and you know he, he doesn't want trash pickup because apparently you know he uh had i don't know what was going on there but i mean it was a service that was working well for a year the only service that was working well for years was waste management but apparently like he didn't want that either we've yet to do our predictions maybe yeah. we'll have to do that during jameson show <laughs> we've yet to do our predictions and that is one of my biggest predictions that that garbage fiasco is going to come back to haunt him somebody will be in jail or, or somebody will be having to pay for a lawyer before the end of 24 over that garbage uh, to keep themselves out of jail over that garbage fiasco. I mean, I think something's up with that. I've always felt that way. And of course I don't have any knowledge or, you know, I'm not saying anything as fact, but it just the, uh, the way that it was being fought over. I mean, we're talking about the, the, what I just always confused. And maybe somebody's more educated on this than I am. 
like waste management was running for years. Like, was that contract not the same? Did they up the price? I'm not exactly sure what was going on. I mean, I don't know why they just didn't continue with that service. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't know exactly. I'm sure there's a reason for it, but I don't, I don't yeah, know what it is. The, the, some of the some of the people on the city council were fighting super hard for waste management, which tells me that they were probably getting allegedly, possibly not pointing the finger at anybody, uh, maybe getting some kind of kickbacks themselves. Mm-hmm. You know how much of that's legal campaign contributions, all that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. And then as hard as the mayor was fighting for the other side, and that is part of it. I mean, we got to take a break, but city city hall. The council was fighting just as hard to keep waste management as the mayor was to bring in Richards. Mm-hmm. I'm—I ain't saying just the mayor's wrong here. Yeah, you know, I'm, the other, the other side was fighting really hard uh, for whatever self-interest they had, other than just garbage being picked up too. So, somebody and somebody, if not more than one somebody, is going to be arrested before it's all said and done. If if, if some governing body looks into this thing. Do you know how long we had waste management before? I don't know the answer to this question. How long we had it? I, man, the best I can know, 20, 30 years. Did BFI turn into waste management? Okay, I, yeah, I don't remember when that changed. Like, talking about like maybe the 80s or 90s or something like that. We'll take a look. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.